0: This episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operando Brewing. Based in Monavale on Sydney's northern beaches, it purveys a fine craft beer. Be sure to get an order in from Modus, i will deliver right to your door, or why not check out the brewery? I know they'll be very accommodating to all the Shoot Shield fans. Thank you to Modus for their support. Tonight we'll be continuing our conversation with regards to the season ahead, it's our season preview... Uh, We got just over uh, half of the teams covered last episode, so we'll get stuck into the remainder tonight. And we might have a quick look at the upcoming fixtures for this weekend. Some absolute crackers coming our way in round one. I won't give away too much, but I'm really looking forward to that uh, TV game. Broadcast was announced today. 7-2 will be broadcasting from Rat Park as the uh, grand final rematch takes place. Ringer against uni. That should be an absolute classic. So uh, really looking forward to that. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome back to Shootcast. Paul Cook is back in the studio, or for better words, his lounge room, my lounge room too. <laughs> is that where you're sitting, mate, or are you in a wardrobe?
1: <laughs> Might as well be in a wardrobe. Hopefully it doesn't sound like I'm in a wardrobe. No, I'm in the uh, third bedroom, otherwise known as the office in inverted commas. So uh, but I've got my glass of red ready, so uh, we're all good.
0: That's excellent, mate. We um, knocked over a few uh, teams last time. I think we knocked over seven, so we've got six to go in the... Uh, 13 Shoot Shield teams that are there for 2020. Uh, before we do, it was good to see um, they did announce a broadcast uh, yesterday, So, or uh, well, this morning, I think. Um, uni and Rats at Rat Park this Saturday. It's going to be a great way to start the comp on TV, won't it? be?
1: Oh, fantastic. I suppose that's the one it had to be. That's the one everyone assumed it would be. But yeah, we didn't get confirmation till today. But uh, what a way to kickstart the season. Everybody's been waiting for this for a long, long time to see the two teams that have contested the last two grand finals. What, what, what better way to start?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I know, um, I believe Tony Lewis is back on the call. I hear he might be joined by a notable um offside, but I won't say anything until uh, we see what happens on Saturday.
1: Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah, and just on that note, I think um, it's prudent for us to remind all of our supporters going out to the rugby to really work with the clubs because, you um, the season's still in a knife edge, and there are lots of protocols to follow. Uh, some clubs have got different um, arrangements. Some clubs are, are doing a really good job and, and making it visible. But just please work with the volunteers. Um, please keep your distance. I think you're meant to be seated at all times, particularly if you're uh, drinking. The liquor license falls under the um, the public order, so uh, just take take advice from all the really helpful guys that there are in clubland, and let's enjoy the footy so we don't um, we don't have to reset everything.
1: Here, yeah. yeah. I'm sure everyone's going to do the right thing, but, yeah, please, let's, let's, let's keep this going as long as possible.
0: Absolutely, mate. Well, let's get um, back into it. Uh, you were taking lead on this, so I'm going to let you lead off again. Where are we Where are we headed now? What team do we start off with?
1: I was taking the lead purely for my own benefit because, yeah, this ties in, obviously, with the articles, the in-depth Q&As I've been putting on the Behind the Rock website. So the seven we spoke of before, they've all gone online, the six – we're going to do tonight are the ones that are in the offing still haven't got it yet. So I'm frantically chasing my tail this week to get those done before the big kickoff. But um,
0: it was your birthday yesterday. Wasn't <laughs> it oh, the day before? We can we can yeah. let you breathe.
1: Yeah, it was a birthday on Tuesday. So yeah, I had to try and squeeze a few drinks in there and a nice meal out. But um, other than that, it's been pretty flat track transcribing and putting these things together. So it's, as always, I've left it to the last minute, and I'm just trying to. Finish them off. So we'll, we'll be winging some of these because they're not complete yet, but hopefully I've got enough details in there to uh, let people know where we're at. Let's do it. Okay. So we'll go with Penrith. Yep. We'll start with Penrith. Um, I mean, obviously, back after an almost two year hiatus, so I think they were unceremoniously left the camp, uh, left the comp in round four in like 2018 mm. um, for not meeting certain criteria. I think maybe i speak on behalf of. Most people, I think it's very good to see them back. I'm glad to see them back. I'm glad to see that they've been given an opportunity to come back in and, and reestablish that footprint that far out west because I think it's very important. Um, mm. and I, I just hope, upon all hopes, that they can be competitive at the very least, um, and don't end up, you know, in a sort of similar situation than they were 2018 where cause would be for them not to come back in again. So so fingers crossed on, on, on what Penrith can do, but f- welcome back to the competition, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's a big welcome back to Penrith. They've obviously got a, a really strong history in the competition. Everyone's always enjoyed going out to Penrith, and everyone in the competition understands how much an important region that is for rugby in New South Wales. I guess what you said, though, is pretty critical. The, the reason they probably weren't involved, uh, you know, more recently was that, the, you know, the um, – level of competition had probably got too high for them. So here's hoping um, with a new coach and, and hopefully a few new faces and maybe some reinvigoration, we can start to see an improved Penrith uh, this 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 time around.
1: Well, they've got former Parramatta Eil and Wallaby defence coach John Muggleton is at the helm. His first coaching gig back in Australia since 2016 when he coached the Western Sydney Rams. Muggles, um, obviously, big thing is on... Defense um, and what he wants to from talking to him, what he wants to try and mimic, is, is what worked well for him at the Rams in 2016 was sort of punching up the guts through for the forwards, bludgeoning their way to the line with plenty of ball carries, um, mm-hmm. and, just, and obviously work on that defense and the competitiveness and the physicality that's required to to last in games in the shoot shield. Um, it's hard to get any solid info on players because the one thing that wasn't in their favor is A, they were. They were Obviously they'll I invited back into the comp but mm. I haven't had a very long time to try and basically pick a squad from scratch. So there's ups and downs as to as to who's in, who's out, whatever. I, I know Cliffy Parley was interested and has been down to help out a training chat to a few guys, but because he's still under contract in Japan, that won't happen unfortunately, which is a big shame. Um, from what I can ascertain, they've managed to get a few former Emis back to the club and they've acquired some rugby league players who were kicking around. After the second tier NRL competitions were cancelled for the season because of COVID, so mm. um, I don't know that the heart says survive at the very least and stick in there. We don't, we don't want any blowouts, and a win will be something to cherish, considering what they've been through and how little time they've had to prepare. But the head is definitely concerned about how competitive they can be, particularly after Saturday's result. They uh, they went up to Hunter Wildfires and went down forty-seven-seven in a trial.
0: Yeah, I guess, look, it's a, it's a bit of a concern, but I, I don't, I'm not sure what the expectation for them this year is to, to come out firing or to obviously just um, probably more so to re really just commence their uh, relationship with the competition and show that they can build and and build a footprint out there and a pathway for their for their junior clubs because, as we know, it, it is a, a really strong football area, obviously predominantly rugby league. and. But it's a huge catch for the population and something that rugby's, um, you know, been widely criticised of neglecting. So, you know, good on the Sydney Rugby Union for, for, for giving them another shot. But, um, yeah, as you say, uh, what happens on the football field uh, will be interesting and I just hope it's not um, to the detriment of them or, or or the or the perception of the competition, you know, that it, that it maybe creates. Western Sydney's really not competitive still, so... Yeah, it's a tough one, but, you know, uh, I've got a very experienced coach and um, hopefully uh, hopefully, things start to turn around.
1: Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, from there, we, we're going to head uh, east, aren't we? We're
1: going to go for as far west as you can go, as far east, I think, yeah, geographically. Um, east beasties, um, big year for Poli Tomopio down at uh, Wallara Oval third year at the helm, the very talented squad that's been improved upon every year, and I guess the pressure may be on to to deliver this year.
0: I think so. I think he he has had a very good squad there. Um, It has sort of, you know, he's got a lot of Waratahs there, and I think my my sort of view on um, the Waratah allocation sort of started to centralise more to those sides uh, south of the harbour just when the Daceyville um, campus was set up for the Waratahs. Mm. I think most, most of the allocation of those players seem to be going um, to Randwick uh, East and um, South maybe, or well, not really South, but uh, sort of that, that neck of the woods. I guess it's just just a natural geography because we've, we've been tied with a couple of players at Manly, but um, getting players to training is, is and back, back to Manly for training or even living is... Is very difficult by virtue of Sydney Harbour. So, yeah. and, and but P- Paulie is uh, contemporary of a lot of those players. Um, in any case, so he's, he's probably a very good recruiter, and he has come into a, a good squad. Um, but I guess he's had sort of uh, chop of those players that come in and out because of Super Rugby commitments. But looking like another a strong year, you'd think. I think widely uh, across the competition, most people are thinking um, if it's not this year for East, you know, you know when is it? Because it's they seem like they're in a pretty good spot, don't they?
1: Well, they've gone out in the first week of the finals the last two years. That's, that's something, just to get mm. that far, is something they hadn't done for a few years. But I know there's an internal expectation to at least better that. But knowing Paulie, having covered Paulie for a long time, watching him back as a player, as a very driven, determined player. Um, no, no less so as the coach. He sets high standards. I know he wants more from this season. Um, the elephant in the room there is obviously that they haven't had a premiership since 1969. So um, externally, you so say it's a long time between drinks. But the interesting thing from talking to you that they've embraced that 51-year gap and they're using that as a motivation. So they do extra sets of 51 reps at the gym. Their, their gym time is set at 5.51. They use the hashtag 51 when they communicate between the groups. So they're not hiding from that unwanted piece of history. So uh, we'll see if that's a, a, a change
0: for them this year. I think Moringa adopted that philosophy too under Coleman. I think no. it was the hashtag 53. Okay. When um, well with the with the, with the gap and the premiership gap I think early in that season I was seeing a few of those hashtags fly around so I kind of like the historical buy-in and yeah you're right I think um, look everyone likes to see Paulie go well he's he's really well respected and seemingly a really good up and coming coach and they've um, certainly had a good squad for uh, a couple of years what's it looking like now I know there's been some notable ins and maybe a couple of notable outs.
1: Yeah, well, they've lost a plenty of experience in intellectual property, I guess, in the shape of uh, Tim Buchanan, Rowan Perry, Tony mm. Walker, who, who've all hung up the boots. Um, the return of Sam Shires, who you know well, should, should be a real boost. He was yep. hipper last year and was killing it. Picked up a foot injury, but um,
0: yeah, he had a bad yeah, injury last year.
1: Yeah, he he makes a huge difference to back. One of the interesting things when you go through all these ins and outs, you don't often see high-profile players switching shoot shield clubs. Like it's often the case where new players have come up from Colts or overseas or maybe other comps in Australia. Not so much movement between clubs, certainly in the top six. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Sam Shires from your beloved Marlins last year was a bit of a coup. Um, this year they've gone and got Richie Wolfe from North, who's been one of the standout wings in the shoot shield over recent seasons. And they've also gone back to the Marners to grab Nick Holton. There's a pretty handy 10 or 12, and also former Bromby flyer Jordan Jackson Hope and Aussie under 20 scrum half Harry New Sephora have come on board. So there's a, there's a pretty handy set of talent to, ready to pull on the laces there.
0: Richie Wolf's a huge in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm surprised by that. I, but, um, you know, I, you wouldn't say no to Richie Wolf. No, so it'll no be a huge addition. I had a look at um, East Backline already in the trial and already looks very strong. Um, Holton, uh, I know quite well, he's a a very good player. Um, Good kicking game, uh, good goal kicker, good organiser. I think they'll probably look him to play 10 or 12, I'm not sure. Uh, But uh, Mac Mac Mason has gone back into the rugby wilderness, I read somewhere, maybe back up in Queensland.
1: Yes. So, yeah, I don't know, There's there's a bevy of talent there. And again, as we've probably... Caveated with all the other ones is is whether those waratahs are going to come back because that makes that's going to make a huge difference them at the pointy end of the season to have Tom Stanley fourth and Lalakai Fichetti and Ryan McCauley and these kind of guys, uh, Jack Maddox obviously so that you'd have to have you have to have them down as one of the favourites there's there's a lot of expectation on them and as you said, this might be the time they need to deliver
0: yeah I think so the uh, club's been going really really well they've had some strong years in the lower grades and colts. Um, Oh, for a good four or five years now, and won a couple of second grade premierships. At least made a couple of grand finals. So, lots of depth, lots of quality. So, um, you got to expect uh, the East have been lining up this year for you know for a while now. So, I'm sure they're chomping at the bit to get going.
1: I think Paulie said they were the only. I think first grade were the only side in the club who haven't made a final in the last five years. Something like that. So yeah,
0: there you go. As you say, they they just got to break the ice and yeah. and win a finals game.
1: Okay, well, well, we'll go back <laughs> we'll go back across the other side of the city. We'll go to, uh, well, Parramatta, now the Western Sydney 2 Blues. Um, they're hard to get a gauge on. Well, they're hard to get a gauge on last year because results would suggest they were about where they'd been for a while. But a couple of games I saw I, I was quite impressed. There were some sort of building blocks there and, and head coach Joel Rivers certainly felt one or two matches could have fallen differently and put a better perspective on things. So... Uh, he's back at the helm this year and they're busy trying to build on some of those foundations from last year. But the big thing, as with a lot of coaches, I remember uh, Simon Cron telling this about Norse and some of the Norse players, is when you haven't got a winning habit, um, no matter what game plan you put into place, those key parts of the game, if you're in the game in the 50, 60 minute and it's tight but you don't have a habit of winning, sometimes you just you just you can't go on with it because you're not quite sure. Yeah. You don't have the killer instinct to go on with And that's, that's the thing they've been trying to work on and trying to work on the mentality of players. Yeah, It obviously helps with that in the back end of games, but it's uh, it's that decision-making and calmness under pressure between you. But a lot of that only comes from winning. So it's, it's, it's a vicious circle. You need to win to get that. So we'll see how they go.
0: Yeah, they, uh, they've had a really big pack uh, for a few years now and given teams a – uh, a tough time, certainly early on in games, but maybe fitness, uh, you know, the clubs have sort of finished over the top of them. But mm-hmm. you're right. I, I just feel like they, they need to break the ice, um, you know, claim a couple of big scalps and hopefully generate some momentum. But there's lots happening at Parramatta. They're, they're a really well-run club. Um, Craig Morgan, their GM, does a really good job. And uh, I know they're really excited about the uh, new development of uh, Granville Park, um, which would be a great thing for rugby in the area.
1: Well, the first stone's only just been turned, hasn't it? That's uh, down at Death Valley. And I think that revamp ground's due to open sometime later this year. So they've got another season playing away from home at Lidcombe Oval. Um, The target is finals internally, but given the quality of every other side this year, they're going to have to improve significantly, but it could be fun watching them try. Um, Player-wise... Been a fair few ins and outs. The biggest loss being former King Catchpole medal winner Adrian Musico, who has gone to play subbies at St. Pat's. So that's a, there you go. Yeah, that's a big loss. Um, Tullamoli is headed to France. Hayden Cole's gone up the M1 2 Hunter, the new team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but coming back in the opposite direction, they've got a fair few ins. Uh, Sev Damoni, I think it was a lock. Oh, yeah. From memory, he's come back from France. Jordan Williams in the Aussie 7 setup.
0: Sev Demoni must be getting on now, but he was a good player in his prime.
1: Yeah, I remember playing years ago down there. Yeah, Um, Levi Dodd from the Rabbitohs, and the biggest name of all, and this may or may not be an exclusive, but one of my favourite waratahs and wallabies of recent years and someone who bleeds both strands of blues, Tatafu Palota now is back on board after hanging up professional boots in the UK. Taff is playing, is he? Taff is down to play. I'm not going to say he's starting or he will be there for a while, but I've been assured that he's in the mix and he will feature at some point this season.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. I think it would be awesome to see Taff um, playing shoot shield. He's a really good guy. He's a really good ambassador for rugby in the West and um, it would just be awesome having him back around the competition, both for Parramatta and all the other clubs.
1: Oh, He's fabulous. I mean, Yeah, a lot of time for Taff. Um, one of those guys... He's one of those guys you, you, you hear a lot of stories about the things that he did. If you go back to 2010-11 well, when mm-hmm. Parra really, really struggling and a lot of things he did at the time back then that he didn't want any uh, coverage for. But without that, probably maybe the club would be in a far more parlous state than it was. So he... he he, he, he wears that, his heart on his sleeve with that club, and I think it's no surprise to me he's come back because I always thought he probably would if he's mm. finished up there. But yeah, wonderful to see him back and running around if we do.
0: Mate, we'll head on over to uh, North Sydney Oval.
1: Well, you're saying North Sydney Oval, but the key this year is they're probably. Well, yeah, there. maybe not. They're not going to play at North Sydney Oval, it looks like. So uh, yeah, Northern Suburbs, because of the vagaries of, of this season, the way it's pan out, and obviously. Being on a cricket oval, Uh I think they've switched all their home games to Rat Park. Four? or No, older than so on. Though. They've got a couple at Bon Andrews, haven't they, next door? So, I um, think so. Yeah, yeah. So not going to be on North Sydney Oval, unfortunately. She was one of my favourite grounds in the comp. But um Northern Suburbs, yeah, new, new coaching team on board this year. mean the brooms has been swept a little bit, former Samoan International Earl Va'at joins as head coach, uh, formerly coach of the Wellington Lions in the IPM Cup. And former Manly lower grade coach Zach Beer gets his chance to step up and off to the role of assistant coach and club coach coordinator. So those guys have come on board. Didn't get a chance to speak to Earl because he was in lockdown in New Zealand for a lot of uh, COVID, like Joe Horn Smith at Uni. I think he's only come back in the last couple of weeks. But he did catch up with Zach uh, a couple of weeks back just to run through Norse this year. And it's an interesting it's it's, it's an interesting thing to see what's happening North because you know that side that. Simon Cron came in, did so fantastically well with 2015, built mm. the squad up, 15, two grand finals, 16, 17. Largely the continuation under Shannon Frazier in 2018, they got one grand for the grand final, did the same last year under Nick Hensley, without ever convincing across the season that they possibly had what it took to be a premiership side. But if you look at the squad that Crono built, that's kind of dissipated every year since where you look at guys like, Will Miller's got the Brumbies, Michael Wells at the Rebels, Hussein Clay seen at the Tars. Um, Wolfie's moved over to East this year. Lockie Crayer's gone overseas. I think Connor Vester was one of their best last year. as uh, has gone to Brisbane. So the feeling was that maybe they're still trying to play a game where a lot of those players who had implemented that game weren't around anymore. So they've trying to kind of reinvent the wheel a little bit and restart things and looking at... Uh, using the ball a bit more, uh, identifying role clarity in defence, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we expect to see maybe a different looking north this year.
0: Yeah, it does seem like that um, era's maybe started to run its course. And Obviously, there's some no disrespect, the players are probably still there. They're a big part of that. Um, but maybe it's time for uh, a new change and obviously a uh, new coach that's come in, although he's, uh, I think he's been struggling to, to get over to Sydney. He's just arrived, you were saying? I
1: think so, yeah. I think he's come back in the last week or two from what I know.
0: Yeah, but he's been ably deputised by Zach Beer, who I know a lot about. Zach's a really impressive up-and-coming coach. So um, I'm sure they've had a, a good off-season. Um, what's the squad looking like?
1: They're plenty of inns, probably probably up there with Wests for the most amount of inns just just looking on face value. Um, mm. You had some of those the guys I mentioned leaving, like Wolfie and... Uh, Connor Vest, etc. Rocky Cromer, Ezra Luxton's retired, Lawrence Hunting's retired, Sam kitchen has gone to Scotland, so they've lost a bit of front row power. Andrew tuala has gone down to South's. Mm. Um, so they've brought a few different props in and around into the squad. So they've got a guy, the interesting name, German Hafaeli from Argentina. So he's he's called German, but he's from Argentina. Um, they've got a couple of uh, South Africans come in, Devolt Decker and Heinrich Brendahl. Uh, they've got a hooker from New Zealand and another prop from Fiji. They've got Brad Hemapo, who you'd know, former Marley, who's yep. come in the back row. And James McKinney over from Ulster in Ireland, former Ranwick and Warringah surf dude. Well, I imagine he would be with that hair. Jack Haysen has come on board in the back row. And he played at Ramwick prior to that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, Ramwick. I think he was Colts' captain at Ramwick. Had a year in grey, went up to the Rats.
0: Um, yep. And he's a good player.
1: Yeah, he's a good player. So he's come on board. And what, one interesting one could be Max Bury, um, who's coming from the West Tigers. He's the younger brother of centre, fly half, fullback, everywhere man. Harry is one of my favourite players in the comp. Uh, and also North GM, Jack. And...
0: There's another one.
1: There's another one. There's a lot of yeah, them. Right. And Zach tells me he could be one to watch too. So uh, exciting times. I think, as we talked about with Wes, one of those things is you bring a lot of recruits in that could look very impressive on paper. The other thing is to get them to gel mm-hmm. in a short competition to make it pay. You, don't, you haven't got three, four, five rounds to flex those combinations and find your best. You've got to kind of hit the ground running. So that may be the only sticking point is have they had enough time to gel those guys together, get it their best 23 and go for it
0: yeah it's difficult um getting cohesion quickly um is uh, i think angus sinclair's back isn't
1: he angus is back from japan because he was over there oh, with, with chrono uh toyota mm-hmm. blitz if memory yep. serves. yeah but obviously that took, got cut so uh, angus is back on board and he'll be running the cutter as they say over the tasman so that's a, that's massive for them you've still got his ip you've got Nick Palmer sticks, is still there as well. So um, mm. there are some remnants of, of that 2016 win that uh, I'm sure very keen to go around again. So, um, yeah, they, they kind of intrigued me. I'm not quite sure what to make of Norse yet because there's a lot of change there.
0: Yeah, like every side, it's, it's difficult to sort of know. But, yeah, you're right. They obviously had a few years um, maybe since Cron's left. Like Fraser's year was, was very good, but it was seemingly – Crony instilled that real strength of the player-driven culture. So, without uh, the depth of the player that were, were there, that's uh, sort of sort of maybe fading away. But maybe it's just time for a time for a new approach, which is not um, uncommon in, in in other clubs this year. So, we'll uh, wait and see how how the uh, red and black army get on this season. <laughs> we'll um, head further north, hey, to um, one of the premier clubs in the competition.
1: Your favourite side, the Rats.
0: Yeah. Moringa Rats.
1: Moringa Rats. Well, I think um, due credit to Moringa, they seem to have mastered the art of succession planning in this company. If mm. you look back at the last decade, apart from driver Darren Coleman back in 2017, which obviously paid huge dividends of the premiership, the rest of the coaches, to my mind, at Rat Park have all sort of come from within. You got it back to ben, ben Mannion, Sam Harris, Haig Seg Greg Maher, Mark Gerrard last year, now Michael Riven, better known as Rivo, um, another ex- yeah, D-
0: DC was a real outlier really yeah. In terms of coaches Even before that, you know, your Briggs, your Blacks it's, um, It was always sort of in-house DC was probably the first sort of Bigger coach of note Which was
1: interesting uh, And those guys have riffed I mean Gerardo had worked under him Rivo's worked with Gerardo, year. So you got another ex-player at the helm Which is mm. got to be a help Knowing the culture and the players, etc Plus you've still got uh, a nucleus of players That have been in the last three grand finals So you'd have to think we're going to, you're going to be up there again and even allowing for a few name players that have left, which we'll go on to in a minute, you'd have to think that you can't see the rats falling that far backwards with what they've no. done on board, you know?
0: No, I don't think so. Uh, they've become a bit like Eastwood in the early 2010s, yeah. rivaling uni, sort of that stronger family community club and uh, been very, very consistent and you wouldn't like to bet against them. They've just got a great formula that works. Um, you know they're going to have a they're going to have a very strong side. I think the, the the big omission this season is obviously Hamish Angus. So it'll be interesting to see who fills in at ten. I I'd be surprised if someone like Harley Atwater uh, wasn't in the mix because he had some really good cameos um, late last year. Um, but I think they've also got Tom House back at the club after a stint at Ramwick, So um, we'll see which way that goes. Um, but apart from that, outside it's outside, and inside is pretty settled, I would have thought. Of. Josh Holmes is back. Tyson Davies, wilman Tupu, uh, Benny Ma. You'd think it'd be in and around the side. So, Will it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's still very strong in the backline. And I, I know they've got uh, you know they got Rory O'Connor would be back and Sam Ward. So yeah, I think um, they're going to be right in the mix again. Why wouldn't they be?
1: Well, I think, as you mentioned, the key out is, is Angus, and you're looking at probably Harley Atwater, Ben Martyrs, and Davis has even played, could even play a bit of 10. How they yep. those giant shoes could go a long way to decide how far they go this season, particularly at the pointy end.
0: Mm.
1: Um, the forwards have probably seen the biggest impact the departures of McLean Jones, Matt Folds, Rue McKenzie, Sam Thompson, William mm. Billingworth, Luke Reimer, Favre Um It's
0: pretty big outs, actually.
1: Pretty big outs in the forwards, but countering that, you've got Wayne Borsak. Comes back to Rat Park, yep. but a few seasons of these when Uni. Very tidy pickup from Uni again in Rory Sutter, um, oh. and you got. I've three-
0: never <laughs> seen a player sign from Uni. It doesn't happen, <laughs> happen. It doesn't happen very, very well. Often. Well, you got two. Borzak sort of already had a history at the Rats, but yeah, getting a Uni player it's impressive. I
1: think from my understanding is he went with Uni's blessing. They wanted to keep him. as a good. He was a very good young player, but uh, his preference was to go up to a ring. I think he hails from that area originally, and it's close to home, and he wanted to play with. Some of the guys he maybe grew up with, so I think it was just uh, one of those things. Um, but he's a very good pickup. He's a very good, very good player. Um, they've got three Scottish-tinned back, uh, back rowers or loose forwards, I believe, in Charlie McKeel, Mungo Mason, and Robbie Nelson, and another Scottish guy, Sam Thompson, who's trying desperately to get back after a stint with Edinburgh. Um, but so far, he, he, he's, they're not letting him back in. <laughs> so he may be back at some point this year, and that will be an obvious boost to them as well.
0: Oh, it'd be a huge boost. It's, um, yeah, I don't know how he's going to get back in. I'm sure it's a bit difficult conversation with uh, immigration at the moment. Uh, just
1: a little one, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. speaking to family in the UK, I think everyone's trying to get out of there at the moment, but uh, <laughs> you can't go anywhere.
0: Yeah, I guess Rats are. Um, they have had three grand finals in a row, obviously 127 in the second best of the last two, but... There's got to be a lot of expectation up there um, for more success, so uh, they're pretty used to it at the moment. So you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't write them off, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting how the um, how the rat season starts, and we'll get a really good indication on Saturday, won't we?
1: Yeah, well, that's it. They they start off against Sydney Uni. Um, I remember them playing Uni pretty early on last year and went down by fifty, which was. One of the most one-sided games I've ever seen, and it actually seemed to kick-start their season. <laughs> it's like a yeah, way- it did, yeah. And, and that was then, they lost for about ten games after that, so I'm not I'm not suggesting that would be a good good way to start Saturday, but uh, certainly test yourself against the best if you're going to be in and around. And again, of course, there's question marks over them. We don't know who's going to be in the mix of them, but what yeah, mouth-watering prospect to start of the season. You've got to you've got to expect Warringah to be at least a semi-final team again this year.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. It's, um, I know they didn't trial particularly well on the weekend, but um, who cares about trials?
1: <laughs> be, yeah, so word on the street was a scrum came off second best against Gordon, but like, as we said you can't read too much into one game of Puddy after the layoff. If you've got Rory Connor on board full-time within yep. the pro scene to concentrate on his studies, Sam Leeds on the other squad of the scrum, you can't imagine they're going to struggle too much.
0: No, 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 you won't. And um, mate, on with you. I, I see them see them back in the mix again. So uh, predicting another a strong year for the Rats with one team left. One team
1: left, last but by no means least. Um, and this was a wake-up call for me when I spoke to Coach Scott Bobber Coleman um, the other day So because everyone's been referring to them as Newcastle. Uh, they're listed as Newcastle in the draw. Yeah, and when I spoke to Bubba, he insisted the the actual official name is Hunter Wildfires. So I, I like that name better, so I am going to call them the Hunter Wildfires.
0: I like it. I guess it's uh, it's more of a region, isn't it? It uh, I I thought they were Newcastle because I think everyone thought it was the old Newcastle Wildfires, which were in the competition yeah. in the uh, mid to late nineties. But um, I got a couple of mates play up in the club scene there. It's a thriving club scene. They love their footy. And um, it's a it's a growing community. A lot of people from Sydney made the move up to the Newcastle area, so it's a it's a growing demographic. And it's um it's great to see them back in the uh, in the Shoot Shield. If it's just for this year, fantastic. If it's for longer, you know, even better. But um you know, he's got a big job. He's uh comes from an illustrious coaching family. Obviously, his brothers Darren. So uh, he's got a big job on his hands, though. But he comes across as a bit of a character.
1: He certainly is a bit of a character. Um, I think if if the team play and the the level of enthusiasm he had for talking about uh, each footy, they'll, they'll go a long way. Um, as we said, as you know, a bit about one way about the Newcastle Hunter Club. Comment is nine teams up there, so the Wildfires are a rep side made up from the best of those nine sides. Um, um, and the the, the best selling five time reigning champions up there, were Hamilton Hawks. Yeah. Was the coach? He's actually stepped aside from the Hawks to concentrate solely on the Wildfires. Mm. So his hope is that it goes beyond this season. They can show enough this year to maybe get an invitation back for two two or three years. And his, his big dream is to put Newcastle Hunter rugby on the map by saying, okay, we can create a pathway by having a team the Shoot shield longer term. You can attract players. His big thing is to get guys maybe from the country who want to step up a level, could maybe use Newcastle or the, the Wildfires, I should say, as a, as a stepping stone into shoot shield. Because yep. if you live in Newcastle it's uh, it's a lot cheaper than than living in Sydney it might be you well, know, it's a, be yeah, on, you know, it be a it's place. a
0: great idea it's a great idea because we get a lot of players from from the Hunter region we get a lot of players from the bush and you're right maybe some some country boys or kids from the rural areas aren't ready to jump into to life in Sydney Newcastle um, Newcastle's obviously uh, you know a lot different to the rural areas but it's it's not quite Sydney and it might be a nice um, it might be a nice transition for them
1: but just that opportunity maybe for a young kid who's who does want to step up straight in the first grade or come to the big city, maybe use
0: mm.
1: Newcastle as a halfway house um rock up there and 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 fill the boots for a couple of years and then and then make the step down. They've also already spoken to a few Newcastle based players or Newcastle tennis players that are in the shoot shield that would be interested in going back next year should they be in again, so I think like if they if you build it, they will come. Um, yeah. if they are there and they do relatively well this year and they do get an extension to next year, that the hope is this could become a regular thing that might see them grow, see the sport grow in that area. Um, I know there's a lot of probably difference at the moment in the, uh, the, the upskilling of, of the training and the stuff they've been trying to do to make sure they're competitive in this competition. So they might suffer a little bit from, from that part of it. I know Bubba talked about the, the extra physicality and particularly the speed. Um, of the shoot shield that these players are going to have to step up to. They've been concentrating on that. But um, there's a feeling that, and I know from DC knows them well as well, there's a feeling that they are capable of an upset or two, particularly up there. And you saw they down penned with 47-7 on the weekend. So they've already got their eye and they've already got a win under the belt. There's a bit of belief starting to grow up there. And, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of excitement around it, I guess.
0: Yeah, certainly is. Obviously, they've had a history in the, in the competition before, but this is the second reiteration. So uh, I'll be looking forward to uh, a uh, day trip up to Newcastle for some footy. It'd be, be great for some of the uh, clubs to get up to the Hunter region and, and, and have a good day of it. So uh, we welcome them to the competition with warm arms.
1: Well, August the 22nd, I think, they host Gordon. So it's the Coleman brothers versus Germans. Bubba took great delight in telling me he's, he's never lost a fight to D.C., so he doesn't intend to lose a rugby match, but we'll, I've only got his side of that.
0: <laughs> Let's hope that's the uh, TV game. That'll be a classic. Oh, wow. That'll be great, yeah. All right, mate. Well, um, well done. You deserve a congratulations there because you've talked to more coaches than I have and you've done way more homework and taken way more notes. But uh, yeah. it's uh, we've we've profiled in, in a roundabout way and I know it's not complete ironclad uh, accuracy, but um, I hope we gave a bit of an insight to everyone listening about um, each team's ins and outs, where they're sort of placed this year and uh, how we're looking for the season ahead. But it's, it is it is very, very difficult to tell really because of uh, such an interesting um, year that's been, isn't
1: it? It's harder to predict than any other comp. It's possibly more exciting than any other comp in recent history and I'll probably say that every year. But it is a genuine unknown because you could make a case for an awful lot of teams to improve but they can't all improve to the point that they're all going to make the six. So there's probably going to be three or four very good teams that don't make it. So yep. good luck picking your six because you could you could probably throw a hair's breadth over 10 to five at least.
0: Yeah, I've got 10 uh, written down. Yeah. I, I, I've got my, my tier one teams. I'm doing them in tier. I, can't, I don't know if I can pick a six. I've got Union Rats, definitely tier one. Um, I just think they both earned the right to be considered the heavyweights. Um, you know, two back-to-back grand finals. They're clearly the two teams that uh, are up the upper top at the top of the uh, top of their game at the moment. Obviously, it's a new year, and you know, not sure where they are, but I think just by uh, just by incumbency, they they probably deserve to be regarded in that top level. Um, I've got East in behind, just sort of where their sort of squads at the moment um, and, you know, they've been building for a couple of years. I know they've still got a lot to prove, but I just think on squad depth alone they're sort of one of the better teams. And then after that, oh, God, it's just a shootout. you got <laughs> Eastwood, who I sort of thought were maybe up for a rebuild, but then you tell me some of the players they got in their back line, I'm like, well, give us a break. They're unreal. Um, Ramwick, who I hear are picking up five or six Maybe not five or six, maybe four or five sevens players already um, ready for round one. You got Gordon, who are obviously coached by Darren and be pushing so hard this year. Manly, who are, you know, um, despite like a huge recruitment, still got a good side and good Colts that have come through. And regardless of squad, Manly just seem to always pop into the finals at some point. So it'd be hard to rule them out. But again, they've still got a lot to. a lot to prove, and then, then Norse, who've had some huge years. I don't know, mate. <laughs> I couldn't pick a six, could you?
1: Then you've got – then, then Yeah, it's – mate, similar. I mean, well, West Harbour,
0: I mean, looking at that, I mean, the West are going to be right in the mix. Um, so based, I don't
1: based on pedigree and recent history and squads and consistency, etc., etc., etc. You'd probably make a very strong case for saying, as you said, Uni Rats Eastwood, right? As, as incomes, because they're generally in and around there and they've probably got the distance in the continuity and the, and the team. Yep. Add to that, probably Gordon, because of DC's pedigree, it's his last season, he did great things last year, and I can't expect they're going to go backwards. They're only going to go one way. So mm-hmm. I would probably squeeze Gordon in there. So I, I might say that there's a five that I expect to see in the six.
0: we've mm-hmm.
1: got another five, which realistically, I mean, any of them could also push in, but it might only be one of those. Again, we Mm. can also make a case for because Ramwick have have, uh, got a lot of great Colts coming out. They've got a great coach in Benny McCormack. Manly are a bit of an unknown, but they've still got a great spine to that side. Enthusiastic young coach Wests got those in his second year. Great recruitment. South Todd Loudon's won this comp before. Knows a shield. Got a good fit young team down there. Norths. Still got a lot of great players. Bit of because they have got to play some games away from home. A lot of recruitment. How do you? <laughs> it's, but that's the thrilling thing about it, you know. You could kind of batch them slightly that way. As look, they, there's teams that have been there, teams you expect to be there, and teams that we just don't quite know. Unfortunately, that leaves three teams at the bottom that we maybe think um, may not be in the mix. But yeah. I, I, don't, I don't. Again, two blues. I just do not know. They, they their aim is to go to final, so they could upset a few people too. So. No, no game's are gimme
0: at all. Now, mate, are you getting out to a game this weekend? Uh, I certainly will be. I haven't, I haven't decided yet. I think I might. You better get online and get your ticket organised, mate.
1: Mate, media pass. Media pass. Okay. So okay. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm lucky there. But, yeah, I was thinking about going up to Des because I may have headed along to the Tars after the Tars, Brumbies at Homebush. But um, mm-hmm. I think I might be staying more closer to home, go down south-eastward, actually.
0: Okay, that will be good. I'll um I'll have the Manly game covered and the Rats game. I won't see the Manly game, but I'll watch the replay. I'm, I'm out of the area on the weekend, but um I've got eyes at the Rats game too that might join the uh, podcast next week.
1: Okay. Well, Four, that we'll
0: know what we're about. Or ring a ring fullback.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Aha. Yeah. The,
0: fil- the the Felch might, might jump
1: on next help. week. Oh he did a much better job than me. You should just talk to him. He'd be fine.
0: Well, anyone that hasn't um, had a good read of Behind the Ruck's um, season forecast for all the sides, uh, Cookies had a great, done a great job talking to all the coaches who've uh, con- contributed uh, a stack of information to all those articles. So jump on Behind the Ruck on Facebook and check it out. And Paul Cook, thank you so much for joining on and doing this with me. Um, looking forward to the season ahead.
1: No problem, bird. Yeah, please do get online. We need all the help we can get. <laughs> there's no, there's no money in it. It's just for, for the love of it. But uh, the numbers are, are, are great to see. So please go and have a look and um, enjoy the start of the new season, everybody. And uh, let's let's get into some footy.
0: You bet. All right. Enjoy. Thanks,
1: mate. mate.